Okay, we're back. It's been a few weeks, but the Cold Oatmeal podcast is back. Uh, talking to the folks at Elderly Instruments today. And, you know, we're going to learn a little bit about Joe's health techniques. Talk banjos. It's good to be back, isn't it? It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> Convincing everyone. Thank you. These are fun. Yes, it's These are be fun. Yeah. Okay. You're listening to the Cold Oatmeal podcast. Blindside. No. You, the movie? Name the most famous one ever. I will not. Carmen, know. he did. Is it Carmen? Well, then we're, yeah. we're out of luck. <laughs> anyway, well, maybe Jenna can find, can book Carmen. He's dead. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> tribute. Does Carmen have a tribute? Good luck, Jenna. Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really? I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his desk. It's it's always here. It's always here. And by the way, the the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like one to ten. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. There's nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> okay, welcome back to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is Matt Resch of the Resch Strategies team. Let's go around the room, introduce ourselves. I'm going to take Nick since he stepped out. Nick Blue is with us also. Carly. Carly Buell. Stephanie Vancouvering. Joe Beshi. So we are the Rest Strategies team at reststrategies.com. We're a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan. Today we're going to talk to another one of our downtown neighbor businesses. It's been here a lot longer than us. Um, But you can find us at reststrategies.com on all the socials at reststrategies. I did want to make a quick point of reference at our last episode. We talked to uh, the good folks who are opening up Graywall Hall down here downtown. And it's open. Yeah. Yeah. I went to dinner. Officially. Officially. I went to dinner for my birthday at Anvi, our, another another One uh, of our former podcast guests, our, our hangout. And I went there. I don't think, I think it was maybe their opening night or second night that they were open. The place was packed. Oh, good. Super cool. I had a friend that was there for something. He said it was awesome. So, and I, last, and he's not a person who likes anything. So, that's a <laughs> strong <laughs> endorsement. Cole. Oh. What do you go see? Uh, I think it was some Halloween thing and he was with, that was the night that I was there because it was the, it was the eighties party. Was that the eighties party? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Another cold oatmeal guest, Brian Western was, 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 he was singing. He was the act. Oh, wow. He has a, he has a eighties tribute band called triple Indy and he does, I think like one concert a year and it's Halloween. He does a Halloween party and they dress up like eighties people and they sing eighties songs and that's what I watched. And so it was, it was pretty cool. And yesterday when I left here, I don't know if you saw this after the poop machine left downtown, (laughs) (laughs) that made the whole downtown stink. Or maybe this was the poop machine. There was a huge, big, fancy, um, bus, like charter bus, not like charter bus, like you go on a school trip with, but like one of those rock band buses. Okay. And it was parked right outside and a big trailer behind it full of musical equipment they're loading in to do a concert oh. at Greywell Hall. So that's cool. super exciting. I'm glad that they have been able to uh, get that off the ground and open and I'm hoping for the best. And Jenna was a great guest and I'm glad to have her on yeah. with us. So 
So I think it is a bit of a theme because we're focused on downtown, but we're also seem to be talking about instruments a lot. Yeah, we're kind of on a roll with like. That's music. why Anna. That's why Anna doesn't come back, right? Because she's like culture. Anti. She's yeah. anti culture. Anti culture. <laughs> so she did not want to be here to talk to the 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 maestro of the Lansing Symphony Orchestra or Jenna at the right. Graywell Hall. And today we're going to talk to. Lily Worden, who is the CEO of Elderly Instruments. Anyone who knows Lansing knows Elderly Instruments. It's been here forever. Great guitar, banjo, music store, everything downtown. Uh, it's actually in, in just north of downtown in Old Town. Um, they were recently awarded the Small Business of the Year Award from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which is super cool. And she took a few minutes out to come and talk to us about all that they do there. But you, after that, that's all good. Uh-huh. Willie's stuff is good, but you hang on afterwards because that's when it gets when it gets it gets nice. Spicy, spicy. spicy that's exactly the word I was going to use. Yes, I'm taking a dip in the tub. Willie <laughs> <laughs> Worden, Willie Worben, CEO of Elderly Instruments. Welcome to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. I feel like I feel like as someone like you should be born to be in front of a microphone as, as someone who spent so many years in a, in a store of music, musical instruments and surrounded by musicians. Well, thank you for having me. I am not used to interviews yet. Um, so I well, appreciate you having me. How many interviews is this for you? Oh, to count them. <laughs> uh, this is, this is a, a good double handful good. for sure. That well, happens when you're a big shot. Yeah. When your when store you're doing cool is a big stuff. shot, yeah. when, when you work with big shots. Well, <laughs> as, as I remind people all the time um, in, in our line of work, businesses are people. Oh, yeah. It's not just, yeah, your store is successful because of you and because of the people you work with. Yes, oh, we for sure. Are, we are a group of individuals, unique and specialized in everything we do. It's... it's um, it's an honor to be recognized, but it's also, it's nice to have recognition. Uh, Always. Uh, well, you've been around for just over 50 years, and so I think that... Not that you personally. You've had a, <laughs> Not me personally, no. You, you've had a good run, but I think now that you've been on the Cold Oatmeal podcast, I think you might need really to... Gonna take now you're going to need to like, hire a few more and just <laughs> buckle up because it. the rush is coming. Rush Let's is coming. not oversell here. Well, we, we like to over deliver. So. <laughs> yeah. Gotta me, have good stage presence. This yeah. is good. This is good. So, so your dad and mom started the store, right? In the no. Seven, or, or no? Um, well, so correct. I've got, it was my I, dad okay. um, and his partner in, at the time, okay. Sharon, Okay. Um, who we're all good friends still. Um, my mom showed up in the 80s and I showed up in the 90s. <laughs> okay. Um, but Sharon and my dad started the store in 1972. Okay. And we're, it was just the two of them, and they built it for this love of people and good music and, and good instruments. So, um, Were they musicians themselves? Oh, yeah. Well, my dad is. Yeah. Um, I think Sharon probably sang, much like myself, would prefer to be a singer or um, a supporter of, the, of a musician. But um, I guess I don't know if Sharon played, but my dad played guitar and banjo and ukulele, uh, played in some bands, um, and all of his friends did. So, uh, it, so did it become, was it a thing like, I, 
I want to go open a store or was it something of necessity? Like I like to play these things. My friends like to play these things. I need to figure out how to buy these or sell these. How did that all start for him? Well, they were collecting, not collecting, but finding vintage instruments in antique markets and um, through like classified ads. Mm -hmm. They were good at it. They were selling instruments out of an attic at at the time, and they thought, you know, we're not, we're doing good business here, and maybe we need a store. So they found the little basement space, moved to East Lansing from Ann Arbor. Okay. Good choice. <laughs> I hate to get into the politics of sports. <laughs> um so, so where did they move when they came to East Lansing? Where was the first location? Basement of the 541 building in East Lansing. Why did they leave Ann Arbor? What was the... I think there were already enough music stores okay. in Ann Arbor that, you know, when you start from scratch, you don't want too many competitors yeah. in your backyard. Yeah, makes um, sense. But they moved in one car <laughs> and got everything in there. At least that's the story goes. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> so they set up shop and they opened without a calculator. And I read that, that know, there was no, no cash register, no calculator, mm-hmm. nothing. Super grassroots. Or is, it, is that how they, yeah. is that what they call it? <laughs> so, and they grew from there. Um, quickly it became necessary to have new instruments and we, they needed to have a repair shop lessons, um, all of the things that support a musician's journey in being a musician and keep the customer coming back. So they were smart and young and smart in the 70s. So who knew? I didn't know that was kidding. So that's how the that's how the store began. That's pretty organic. Just a love for instruments and people and never giving up on a cool new idea. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of that. What if we did this? And then they'd say, okay, sure. What if we tried this? And all right, let's try it. Mm-hmm. And we still have a lot of that today. And if this doesn't feel like it's working or it could be a little better, why not? Why not try something new? Why not improve? It's an interesting concept because if you think about it, uh, the banjo really hasn't changed a ton. The guitar hasn't changed oh, a ton, but they have. They and have like you significantly. <laughs> so like, but it's, uh, but and so you've got this playing a musical instrument, which is a pretty consistent thing. But the, the world around it has has changed a ton. Well, the playing of the instrument is semi consistent. There are all sorts of ways to play every single instrument we sell, but. The banjo, I just got back from the banjo gathering, and so I have to... <laughs> What's the banjo gathering? It's it's the only um, event that's singularly focused on the banjo as a historical and socio-cultural object and how it's evolved over time. Um, it used to be the banjo collector's gathering, which is really cool. There's always a display of eras of banjos. I mean, we're talking hundreds of years of banjos and some early banjos that people wouldn't consider to be banjos. Um, I actually organized that event with Christina Gaddy, who wrote Well of Our Souls, which is a banjo history, history book that takes you through the entire beginning of what we know as the banjo today, which is a 
multicultural uh, object, and it has so much history embedded in it. Um, where's this gathering held? Yeah, where does the banjo gathering happen? Next year it'll be in Lansing. No way. Oh, Believe it or not, what? it's a traveling. It's a traveling event, and so Christina and I thought. Why not see if if this little town could support the event and come get excited about banjos? We call ourselves banjo enthusiasts. <laughs> uh, so, play, who play? knew? I play pretty poorly. Okay. Well, not poorly, but simply. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I, I'm a simple player. I've been playing for six years, but I've only ever played for myself. So it's my little secret. It's the only thing I have left <laughs> that I can't share in an interview. I, I could, but I don't. Um, Choose not to. Yeah, yeah. So you pick it up later today, and what do you instinctively go straight to? I'm, I'm just practicing rolls. It's kind of meditative for me. Practice my backwards rolls, my forwards rolls, okay. my finger picking. Um, I've been just kind of teaching myself over the over the years, and so again, it's pretty simple. But what else basic. do you play? I own guitars and <laughs> ukuleles, uh, but I prefer to play the banjo. I actually couldn't tell you when the last time I p- played my my guitar was. Uh, more just to, to look say. at. Display. I'm, I am my father's daughter. I do like to have more instruments than I ever plan to play. Uh, but it's it's all because to me they're art and yeah. And I have friends who play, and so maybe I don't pick them up, but I do. They do get have played. Guests they that do. Come over and yes. Use them. yes. <laughs> um, so it's important for me to have musical instruments around of all a whole variety. <laughs> so let me just before we move on, because for as for a public service announcement here. So what what do people in Lansing need to know here? So how many people come to a banjo gathering? So how many people are coming to this thing and where is it going to be and where can we all so we can all show up? Well, to be determined, okay. I mean, we just got back okay. less than a week ago. It was a 10 hour drive for my dad and I. And so I'm, uh, I have yet to meet with my partner and, and see where was what we're going to do. This year it was in Bristol, Virginia, okay. and we had one day in at ETSU, um, where we did a couple presentations and also held the concert. Um, so that will be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see where, where in Lansing can display historical banjos and treat them with respect and all of that good <laughs> stuff. So that's cool. So, and anyone please jump in here, but I want to get back to the store. So when did when did the Old Town Lansing location, when was the move from East Lansing to the place where you are now? Is that, Did you go from there to that yep. next spot? You got it. Um, we moved to the Old Town Lansing location in 83, I okay. want to say. And then they bought the building next door, which had already been a merged building. It was the old post office and a Viso building. Um, so they merged those together, built in the alleyway, which is our current location. So we got there in the 80s, built up into the 80s, and we are now sitting at about 36,000 square feet wow. in total. It's a lot of banjos. It's, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, of instruments. I think we have, well, on our website, we have about... A little uh, over 1700 that's just that are ready to go not in process uh, or in setup or 
being repaired in in receiving going out so so you um have new stock obviously but you also have quite a bit of use which mm-hmm. is kind of how you got your name and got started um how do you get those? Do people bring them to you? Do you purchase um, or do you go online and search? How do you find that? We do less of the online searching. We do. We have a lot of people coming in and bringing us their instruments, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but it also we've grown that business for so many years and people have a good experience with us. And so they recommend us to their musician mm-hmm. friends, birds of a feather. Um, <laughs> So it's nice that people are bringing in their instruments, but also it's not controllable. Mm -hmm. And so you can't control the season of when you get 20 people a week with collections um, or, you know, the weeks where it's one or two a day and we get to catch up on a backlog. Um, So we we spend a lot of time handling vintage instruments and making sure that they're getting the proper care and being maintained appropriately. Are there a lot that you just turn away because they're too beat up? No. Yes. We turn away a good number, but we also sell a good number and call them as is, which is we aren't going to repair them, but they are repairable. Mm-hmm. Um, or they are in playable condition, but they might need a top crack fix or something like that. Um, but what what makes an instrument a vintage instrument? Oh, let's see. I, I imagine have... there's an art to it, but <laughs> yes, each instrument takes a, quite a bit of time to process. Um, but it depends on what year it was made and what it's made out of. Okay. How many of them were made? Who made it? what the brand name is versus who made it. Um, you can tell I'm not the appraiser of the thing, <laughs> um, but I had to learn quite a few other departments first. Um, but it's, it's a delicate art to make sure that you get a good read on the instrument and know that it it's actual journey and not what, not just the base level. Um, and we also look at what it's sold for if we've had one, which we've, we keep a good database over quite a bit of time. Um, and we also look to see what they're going for elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's a true appraisal, like every other antique or vintage item that, or that it should be getting that kind of Mm -hmm. care. Mm -hmm. What is the, what's the market like? I'm, I'm assuming that the city of Lansing is not keeping elderly instruments all, all by itself, or, or or is it? Am I wrong to say that this is, or are people coming from far and wide to come? I would elderly? have to, I would have to research on the actual demographics. But we're an international business, yeah. um, and when we, you get a website, you can see who's looking mm-hmm. at any given time, and there's always people in Michigan, but. There's always people elsewhere. And so I couldn't, it's, it's spread all over. Uh, but certainly we have a lot of lo- local customers who frequent our, our business. We have a lot of regulars. So kind of a similar question, maybe a different way to ask it. Where is your, like your, I know you're a pretty unique store and you have a unique offering. Where's your closest like competitor? Like I, Nashville. Nashville? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, 
There are music stores all over the all over the U.S. Right, but I mean, um, I. But in terms of vintage instruments mm-hmm. and repair shop and and being able to really understand these things, um, I'd say Nashville. Okay. What is the most important vintage instrument you've ever had in your inventory? Full. Like I'm talking something that would have been played by someone who is no banjo she's got at home. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really tough question because it's going to differ for everybody who works there and has ever worked there. Uh And I'm I'm a little wary to give anyone something to (laughs) razz me about. (laughs) Um, No, I, I mean, we've had important instruments in terms of history. We've had various models that are rare and, guitars that have only ever been made once by huge brands. Um, so I, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> no, like George Harrison sitars or anything like that? I'm going to plead the fifth <laughs> on this one, I think. Uh, are, there any, are there any times that instruments come in and you're like, we're keeping this one? This well, is, this I is mean, you can't do that. <laughs> uh, but my my dad is a collector, um, and so there was a time when you do get first first looks, as yeah. it were. Uh, but you don't get to just take them, unfortunately. <laughs> are there uh, auctions? National auctions? Oh yeah, there are auctions where you can you can get some really great instruments for a really really good deal. Um, but you also have time to you have to have the time to do that and process them well and mm-hmm. get them to wherever you are versus wherever they are. Mm-hmm. How do you so you obviously have a very robust online presence, social media presence, mm-hmm. you got YouTube channels and videos and all that stuff going. You pride yourself, I think, on one of the things being a very hands on store. Come in, play the instrument, get a feel for it, hopefully buy it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How do you balance being such an online seller in, in a digital world with with that personal interaction with the instrument? We try to imitate our showroom feel or our phone feel online. So warm, friendly, and we think about photos and color and language in ways to welcome people in on a website. We've also had a website for a very long time, and so we're not terrible at knowing how to do those things Mm -hmm. i guess that's the simple way of putting all of that are there many people i'm sure there are who just will order something up without the chance to play it or how many people show up at your door like i just came here from how many states away because i saw this on your website and i wanted to play it oh no that happens all the time (laughs) all the time every day i'd say at least every other day i'm sure you've had a few famous people come through um, can you give away a couple that have come in over the years? Just I know they've been there. I've already pleaded, pled the fifth. We, once. You only get a couple. You only get a couple chances to do I that. Know, I know, but I've done that in every other interview. I, it's the kind of thing where I we don't actively treat people differently um, based on how quote unquote famous they are. Some musicians don't want to be famous when they're trying out guitars. They just want to come in and play. So. I'm going to protect right. that. Yeah. I'm not saying you have to invite everyone see, to come but, see but it's Bella, this, Bella it, Fleck come play the banjo. It's this kind of approach, though, that makes you a national small business of the year. Absolutely. 
We'd like to think so. We're just um, going to start making people up and say, they were there. <laughs> and they then watching her closely. Lily didn't yeah, say no. I guess no one else can see my face but you. So um, it's there's there's famous on a international scale. There's famous on a genre scale. There's there's I don't know. I'm I'm a '90s kid. You don't give you don't give one a cupcake and no one else. <laughs> You'd be here forever. We'll just leave it with Don Vancouvering and Owen Rush. There you That's go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. The local market bounce. And maybe like Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> you D- never know. Dave Grohl buys his drumsticks there. <laughs> oh, he wouldn't buy drumsticks, but. That's all right. We specialize in fretted and stringed instruments only. Oh, okay. So, mm. but he, he plays the guitar too. Oh, well then, yeah. just not the drumsticks. <laughs> <laughs> How did the, the the national business small business of the year come about? That is, the, did someone nominate you? Did, is there a, an application process? There is an application okay. process. Uh, we applied along with fifteen thousand other oh, applicants, goodness. and. Actually, my director of operations, Dawn, nominated or applied for us. It was quite grueling. It was was a lot of questions. And it had a lot to do about business philosophy and how we run things, how we balance internal with external hardships and, and regular small business struggles. And they chose us. Um, and we're really proud of it because we work really hard and, I speak on behalf of 41 people that we work really hard in a lot of different ways. So how would you, what is your business philosophy and is it the same philosophy your dad had when you started the store? Easily, easily the same We're we are specialists in what we do and we're, we're trying to do it with community in mind and knowledge and integrity. It's, it's old fashioned business and, it's easy to get behind that for myself, at least. And I think it's easy for our, our, our staff members to do the same. We're all like-minded and the customer experience is always unique and they deserve to have a good experience every time. Is it fair to say that they all have the one thing in common, which is that they love the instruments and the music first? That would be it. Yeah. Where do you find your, your employees? Where do you find your talent? Oh, they find us. I'm so lucky. <laughs> um, we get really good applicants and a lot of them stick. <laughs> uh, we have 25 employees who've worked with us for over 20 years. Oh my goodness. Wow. Uh, we're, we, we do our best to treat people with respect and to consider everyone's values and make sure that the company reflects or allows f- for everyone to be themselves one of our core values is authentic because we can't expect people to come to work and be something they're not or be someone they're not. And my dad and I are pretty incapable of being someone else. Uh, <laughs> so it would be in- disingenuous to ask our staff to do that. What's in- what's the future look like for you? Hopefully this. I <laughs> Well, not interviews necessarily. <laughs> um, well, no, I, I mean the, the company. Are you planning yeah. to expand? Are you going to... Expand is not the f- the focus. We really want to focus on doing what we do best, and that's selling good instruments and making sure that the processes allow for the customers to have a good experience. Um, we're in an age of technology, making sure that 
we don't get left behind. So utilizing AI, utilizing new systems, we just had a huge systems overhaul, went from one massive system to specialized systems. I'm just very proud. I'm very proud of my team. And um, I think if we continue to do what we're doing, we'll naturally grow in, Mm -hmm. in certain ways. But Focusing on what we do and, and how we're doing it is what, what I'd like to do. Wonderful. Have you ever had the either the offer or the opportunity to move, or is that location, you know, a big, you know, we take you to the big city or another location, or is that that's home where you this are? Is, right yeah, I don't foresee us moving. Yeah. No, we'll we'll hunker down. <laughs> <laughs> when you have people coming from all over the world to find you, you don't need to move, right? Well, it so. would be silly to do so. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They'd show up. Where'd they go? <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Lily, I appreciate you coming by the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This is exciting to meet you and to hear about the story. And congratulations on the, the big award. That's, Thank uh, you so that's, much. that's very appreciate cool. It. Lily Worden of Elderly Instruments. She's been our guest. We'll be right back. So what's your favorite banjo song, banjo so Nick? If you had to think, top banjos, banjo yeah. songs of Nick Deleuze. Well, the, the song, that, the only song I would even think of that, that I actually know the name of the song would be Rainbow Connection, Kermit the Frog. Dueling banjos is good. That's not Deliverance, right? Yes. Yeah, that's Oh, is that Deliverance? Oh. Yeah, and de- deliver, uh, Deliverance is what immediately pops to mind, and, and that must be the answer for everybody. Like, right? Yeah. Like, if you hear banjo, you think. So, the story of my story with Deliver, that's banjo, dueling banjos, is that when I was a kid, we had kind of a. But, but that's a bad connection. Like, well, I'm sure she doesn't play dueling no, banjos. And but think well, that's what everyone always thinks about. But I didn't know because when I when I was a kid, we had a like a, a suite would be a generous, a very generous thing in our basement. It was basically a bathroom, a kitchenette, and a, and like parents would rent it out sometimes to, to people and as an apartment. And there was a while we had a guy who lived in our basement who was a radio DJ. And he all of a sudden just... I don't think I ever knew this about he, he, he I think he got fired uh, and just left or whatever whatever reason he, he he moved out. Okay. And when he left the basement, he left all of these boxes of records. Crazy music that my parents would never listen to in a bazillion years, but were super cool. And so I had a record player and I would just go through and I'd listen to him. And the soundtrack for Deliverance was one of the records. And I had never seen Deliverance. I had no idea what Deliverance was, but I listened to Dueling Banjos over and over because <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. It but, is cool. And Wait, it wasn't he, le- until, like, he left all this? He left. Like, it was kind of like he left in a hurry, I think. Like, and he left boxes of records. Like, there was, there was like. That's a lot of money. I feel like there's a story gold. here. There's, there's a there bigger were, story. There were all, that, those records, I think, were worth some stuff. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a huge collection. And I went through and I listened to a lot of it. And it was, and Dueling Banjos was one of them. I've still never seen Deliverance because I care about myself. But um, <laughs> that's why I have no association. I thought Dueling Banjos was separate than Deliverance. But. It probably is. I don't know. If, I guess I don't know if it was done for the movie or if it existed. It's got to be independent. Yeah, that's yeah. they didn't create it for that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Rainbow Connection is probably a Rainbow good, Connection a good awesome. second. That's probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's a wonderful one. 
No, oh brother, we're out though. Oh, I love that soundtrack. Music, but, it's amazing. Um, I feel like, like she probably would have a completely different point of reference <laughs> the band show than I've got. But well, Stephen, so you were right about Steve Martin because I think during the pandemic, mm-hmm. Steve Martin would—I didn't realize he was such a banjo guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he started putting up those videos during the pandemic when we were all locked inside. That's when was right. he on SNL? Oh, he was never on SNL. He was just a. F- very frequent host. No, no, no. He, he was. was not a cast member. Really? Never. He was never a cast member? No. I think that's wrong. I'm not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Joe woke up testy. Was he frequently hosting SNL during the 70s? Yeah, he ha- okay. he hosted like all the time. So so there was ban- so a banjo it. was a, a 70s thing, um, perhaps. I, I don't know. I'm trying to. Has he hosted more than Alec Baldwin? Because wasn't Alec Baldwin like uh, the, the guy who's he, done it the most? I think he's. I think Alex maybe passed him, okay. but I don't know. Well, so earlier, Steve Martin has the chance to catch up with Baldwin now. Well, earlier this morning, we before we got into talking about our top five banjo songs, we were talking about the top five times that Joe has gotten angry. <laughs> oh, this I missed my, this conversation. Is this, is this one, number this, one? No, well, I don't know. The episode isn't over yet. <laughs> <laughs> Carly started giving us the tells of the facial tics he, he picks up when he yeah. starts to get super, super face. mad. What's the fish face? Do it. <laughs> <laughs> he sucks his cheeks in when he's pissed. The most pissed I think I've ever seen him was when he spent the entire day like taking apart and trying to rebuild our box air conditioner because it was making an annoying sound. And he couldn't get it to, like all the pieces to fit back together. And he just lost it. I remember this. Well, I did, and then I did, but then it didn't sound any better. Like I cleaned it out and like, spent like literally spent it, ten pretty hours, much an entire probably, day yeah. trying to like refurbish this stupid thing, and it shouldn't have been that hard. It was like unscrew this panel and spray right. it with a hose. And right. I think if you told me that today Joe's going to take this air conditioner and he's going to take it apart and he's going to put it back together, <laughs> I would say I predict this will be one of the times that he is the maddest ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound like a task he should do. I don't know. I like chores, but God, that one. So what do you do when you're angry? Do you yell and swear or do you slam a door? or what All is- of it. All, all of those things. All of what I, should, I should have taken the baseball bat and taken that thing out of the driveway and just <laughs> gotten it all out. It would have. I would have felt better because we threw it away anyway. The funniest thing is I, I know – when he's even starting a little bit to get mad. Like, I'm so in tune with, like, that. I'm like, step away. <laughs> step away from what you're doing. Like, Are you telling that to him or you're, you're no, saying I'm it to saying yourself? No, I'm saying it to him, but he doesn't listen to me. <laughs> and so I'm like, I know that you are about to get completely pissed. And he just continues down yeah. the path. That's part of his charm. Yeah. <laughs> charm. It's, that's the word. <laughs> The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because we don't do these podcasts very often anymore, and so these topics come up, and I'm like, oh, man, I wish I could have talked to Joe about this on the podcast. We've talked about this without the microphones, but your cold your cold bucket in the backyard. <laughs> I bucket. am. I have actually not heard this story. Talk about, let's, what call, about it? let's call it what it is. It's a trough for large animals. <laughs> don't, don't call Joe that. I mean, it's not very nice. So how do you get the wa- I mean, do you put ice in it? Does no, I'm just letting it be cold from outside. And it's, natural. Yeah, and it's, you know, 40 <laughs> degrees right now. So uh, I and don't this know. Is, the inter- this is this good is... for your body. You're healthy. It's like yeah, you're Hold I mean, on. We, we, we've jumped into a, a, a conversation that we've been having, but our, yeah, our many millions of listeners, of you have a, a trough outside 
yeah. your backyard mm-hmm. that you have filled with water and you doubt you dunk yourself in this daily semi-regularly uh, yeah, a couple times a week a few times a week and you sit in it yep. as Perfect. a way to energize your immune system it's a cold plunge and yeah it's a cold plunge it's a cold plunge how long do you sit in it three minutes oh. you time it <laughs> yeah I, I like set a timer and then i'll look it out so for most of us whose Instagram feeds are like full of ads for ridiculously expensive cold plunge tubs. I mean, you you get those, don't you? I, all the time. I get tons of them. And I mean, I, the, the podcast that I listen to, like, I just feel like it's a, they're having a moment yeah. and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I fall for that crap. So, so, so you went to Farm and Fleet and got yourself a bucket. His setup is <laughs> a trough that you would use to water your horses and cows. One. One. Then there's a... <laughs> sheet of plywood could, on top of it and a tarp I, and bricks. I, I, you so it looks like we I have a homeless up. person in our backyard. I could come up with a better tarp I'm gonna, situation. I'm gonna, cover situation. I'm going to send in a, vid- a picture of it. Can we get a picture for the podcast? Yeah. Yes. Why, why does this bother you? Great question. <laughs> She's never in the backyard, never looks at it, probably has seen it one time. Okay, because none of you have to live <laughs> with not even and deal with his eccentricities every hour of every day. And so when I come home and there's an animal trough in our backyard that he's going to dip himself in, like that's just weird. Do and you, I was not consulted but at do you, all. Do you hang out with him while he's dipping himself? No. It okay. all happens before I'm awake. So, wait so a just the knowledge before that he's dipping himself in water bothers you. No, the knowledge that we have this dumb contraption in our backyard. Are people complaining about it in the neighborhood? No, I am complaining because <laughs> I have to look at it and I have to. You know don't have to look at it. You know you can't. You can't even see it from the like the inside of the house. <laughs> well, d- tell me how 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 it's benefited you. Yeah, Do are you, you he- you're healthy. Well, I didn't get COVID when she got COVID, so I mean... There you go. That's okay. (laughs) Call Pfizer. Call Moderna. it's not... (laughs) Where's Travis Kelsey? Get him in the tub with you. To be honest, it's not this one thing. It's like... (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, we're not here for all this. (laughs) (laughs) It's because he, like, latches on to these, like, weird health things that it's like, what the heck even is this? In in, I want to 100% be on Joe's side on this. He is an incredibly fit and incredibly healthy... I mean, debatable, but thank you. <laughs> Look, okay. Compared to myself, you're incredibly fit and incredibly healthy. And I I have great admiration for you that you're constantly on the the forefront of these things. And you're always looking at new things to keep yourself like moving in the, not just the right direction, but on top of things. Like you're starting doing cold oatmeal. You're doing cold plunges. You're trying different things to improve yourself and to keep yourself fit. I give you credit for that. Well, thank you. Because a lot of people don't have, I certainly don't have the, like, I don't have the the will, like, the the fortitude to add that that kind of self-care to my own regimen. I've got other things going on. Granted, don't sell yourself stuff. short. You, you gave up frozen pizzas for six weeks last year. I did. <laughs> I think Lent, lost, Lent lasts longer than six weeks. I don't know. 40 days. 40 days. Less than six weeks. Um, but I... I don't know why this bothers Carly. Well, I, have I think you this tried is a good it? thing Are you're you doing. Are you going to try it? She no, won't try it. I have no interest. And to answer your question, Stephanie, I don't know. I can't like... The benefits are, who knows, like fights inflammation, um, mm-hmm. boosts your immune system, all kinds of stuff. 
for me, makes, I feel makes like, you chipper. Yeah, I, what I like about it. Yeah, is have you I, guys seen the difference? Yeah, I, totally. I, I'm not, well, I, I haven't seen I a single change. I didn't do it today. So <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> That's why he has an attitude problem. The best athletes in the world do this. Yeah, May, probably maybe. they do. Yeah. Well, he's Joe Schmo in Lansing. He doesn't need to do that. I he's Joe Beshi. <laughs> He's it. I I understand totally. I like, I like that it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I like that I do it and it's uncomfortable and I get out and I, and it takes three minutes and I'm like out and I you got like a zip to you, and it's just kind of like cool. I did that. I'm done. And I, that's I don't for me. And then like, mm-hmm. I you hang on to that for a good I hour. And a half. I I am never gonna play relationship psychologist here. I don't want to. I don't want to get it in the. In the <laughs> oh, but, but it, you do. But doesn't it? It feels like. This can't really be like this can't really bother you. There's got to be something else going on. I think it's probably I'm the ugliness you, of the trough. I'm telling you, it's not just this thing. It's that I have to deal with his. You know what you need to do? His wheatgrass, his spirulina, his all of this stuff. He's going like, to live longer than all of us combined. He yeah. will. You know what you need to do? Go to the zoo <laughs> uh-huh. and ask them if you can borrow something. And just like when he comes home, like have like a poopy cage and have, like, put a, that in the back. No, like have a camel, like li- <laughs> drinking, <laughs> drinking out of his tub. Like here, so it has another <laughs> yeah, use. Like here we go. <laughs> we don't, don't go to the zoo. Call Sal. Sal yeah, brings things Sal. back. Drop I wonder what Sal thinks about having a have a, a raccoon pool in the backyard. Ugh. It's it's well sealed right now. I've had no issues with any sort of road. We're gonna stuff. have him drown something in Probably, the at one some day. point, maybe, but. Until then, I'm 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 sticking with it. Ugh. So it's gonna be. Uh, no, I don't even speculate. It's gonna be. That's, that's going to another scary movie. The The Shining. It's gonna be like oh, Joe's yeah. gonna be in the tub and he's gonna like freeze up and like <laughs> you're gonna see like Jack Nicholson like the frozen Joe in the tub. Yeah. Because it's gonna be. Well, I do worry about that honestly. <laughs> like, like, well, that's why I. <laughs> This is exactly what I'm talking about. He latches on to dumb stuff, and then it becomes my problem, even though I'm living in a blissfully ignorant state. And she's I want to be sound asleep. Way. You're gonna push the panic button, like I'm dying in the tub, and she's like, "I told you, I told you." No, literally, if he had a heart attack in that thing, I'd be like, "I told and you." People just put people, the top back on. Yeah. <laughs> people might and do. Like it's, it's, I don't know. Science is unclear on whether it's good or bad. So I mean, if you're if you're healthy and fit, probably good. If you've got underlying heart conditions, probably don't do so, it. Which I don't know. We about. have never had a. Have we ever had a health warning on this podcast? Like we should probably put yeah. that on. Yeah. Do don't not do try this without home. trying your doctor. Yeah, consult your doctor. Well, you know, I get my hang up here mm-hmm. is like that sounds really really cool the chances i'm getting out of my nice warm bed to go down and immerse myself in icy water for three minutes first thing in the day that's zero that's like negative yeah three the worst part is like going outside like the sitting in it is fine getting out is fine like you get out and you're like it's warm i, I could stand out here for a while um walking out the door to it's like eh, all right no and then he'll like be in the kitchen at like 10 a.m., like shivering. He's like, Oh, I just haven't lost my chill for the day. I'm like, What? You gave it to yourself. <laughs> Shivering's good. <laughs> Think of how many calories he's burning. It it's good. For Christmas, you can get him a big, thick robe. He has Ugh. one. Like a big, fuzzy robe. Yeah. And, and, and waterproof slippers. So you can walk out of the I'm not doing the snow. anything to encourage this behavior. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've. 
I think yeah. we've done enough. This is a point at which Matt gets choked up about his team. <laughs> I do. I'm so proud. <laughs> <laughs> the work that we're doing. Okay. We can't tell anyone. No. Well, Joe, thanks for sharing about yeah, your tub. <laughs> this is why we I, I miss doing the podcast, because we, we miss these little stories. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I am thankful that Lily was able to come and, and join us for this. Um, if she you're was amazing. She was, yeah, the story of that place is, is so cool. And, yeah. uh, it's, it's cool to have them here in Lansing and all that they have accomplished. And as we head into the holiday season, if you've, your loved one is looking for a banjo or anything else fretted, uh, that's where you need to go. Otherwise, it's quality farm and fleet for your trip. <laughs> yes, yes. For, for your cold plunge needs. $70. <laughs> you could probably get, you get the plywood there, too. And the tarp, you probably, the, get, you I, probably get all of it I there. I had the plywood. I had the tarp. I had the bricks. It was $70. <laughs> it was an experiment. I thought it was... I'm, I'm spending $70. You need to, to is, you need to post like, this on like Instagram. You need to do something to promote this. Yeah, can you take a picture of him in the tub? I, I shall. All right. Okay, well, let's get this over with. All right. So, Lily Warden of... Elderly Instruments was our guest on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This has been Matt, Carly, Nick, Stephanie, and Joe from the Rest Strategies team, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>